Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B. Let's talk about how I can help you figure your shit out when it comes to all the BS and the trends in the nutrition and fitness industry. I am a nutrition coach that understands the hurdles that women face every day, as I too am a wife and a mother, which is why a sustainable lifestyle can't just consist of tracking your macros. Join me each week as I, or sometimes we, talk about everything from health, wellness, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. The goal of this podcast is to have you think more about your habits and behaviors, your relationship with food, and for you to get really curious about where you are right now and where you want to be. If you've been struggling with your health and wellness and achieving your goals, you cannot afford to miss out on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to More Than Macros Radio. All right, so today I'm not solo. Today I have a special guest, and I'm actually really excited to introduce her because she's part of my team, and we actually go way back. So Karen, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here. This is super exciting for many, many reasons. (laughs) I know. Um, So I'm just going to give you guys a little glimpse into who Karen is, and then she's going to take take the spot here or the spotlight and introduce herself. But basically Karen and I go back, like I was once Karen's coach um, in the bodybuilding mecca world. And uh, she was a figure competitor, both open class and master's class. And um, yeah, she came to me as a referral and her bestie was competing as well. It was great. I had a whole bunch of girls. I remember, I still remember those times. It was so much. There was quite a group of us. I want to say there was like, oh, at least half a dozen, maybe even eight or 10 of us that we all got together and did the same shows and we hung out. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Isn't that great? Like you, when you talk about community and stuff like that, because you know, you and I both come from CrossFit as well. Um, it's different to see those different communities and, and, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I would never, like, I learned so much from coaching, not only you, but the entire group of girls. But I think at the end of the day, it was one of those experiences in life that I'm so privileged to have, you know, had and, uh, taking part in. So we, we've done that. So you've gone through my coaching and back then it was obviously different because it was all like meal plans and contest prep and, fast forward to where we are now, it's, you know, um, I know, I know who you are as a coach and that's why I want you to, to be able to introduce yourself. But, um, I know you've gone through your own nutritional, um, I guess journeys. I don't know your, you know, all these kind of like learned lessons and, and these life things and stuff like that. So like, let's talk a little bit more about that. So, you know, if you want to dive into your journey or, you know, whatever it looks like, I don't really care. This is why we're on this. We're having a conversation. This is real shit. And, I just really want to, you know, be, I want the group that the audience get to get to know you. Sure. Sounds good. Um, okay. So like going back, you know, to my childhood, I was really active. I was involved primarily in gymnastics. I did some volleyball through high school, um, some dance. I kind of dabbled. I think I did a season of soccer, but I didn't like getting hit in the face with a soccer ball. So I jumped out of that pretty quick. Um, and I did, I did a few seasons of like community softball too, but primarily it was gymnastics, volleyball, that kind of a thing. Um, I went to the university of Alberta, got my bachelor of elementary education with a special specialization in early childhood in the mid nineties. So I'm aging myself here. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both don't worry about it. And when I graduated, it was kind of like now teaching jobs were really hard to find. So I worked as a substitute teacher for um, a while, but then I had my first kid. And uh, so that kind of, that took me off on, you know, maternity leave and, and that kind of thing. A um, couple of years later, I had a set of twins. So my kids are all adults. Now I have a, a daughter who's going to be 20 six she's 25 right now she'll be 26 this spring and then I have a set of boy girl twins who are 23 um after I'm sure I had a little bit of postpartum depression after my first but I definitely had like hard hard deep postpartum depression after my twins um and as sort of part of that hand in hand went with um some a lot of 
I would say for me, it was a lot of weight gain, um, like 35 pounds, I think I gained. Um, I'd say mostly due to binge eating. I don't think, I don't feel like I really went through a binge restrict cycle. I think I binged, but I didn't really restrict in between my binges, right? Um, and it was very emotional based. Like um, at the time, my, uh, my husband at the time was traveling a lot and he'd be gone, you know, three to five weeks at a time. And I'd be like, get the kids to bed and I'd be, okay, I'm going to sit down on the couch with this Ben and Jerry's. I'm just going to eat this whole thing. Cause it'll make me feel better that, you know, right. that kind of, I was stressed. I was sad. I was lonely. I was anxious. I was frustrated. You know, all of those emotions I, you know, dug into food for. Were you, were you, I was gonna, can I just ask you this question? Were you ever diagnosed actually with postpartum though? Yes, I was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was diagnosed with it um, on some fairly decent doses of medication. It oh. took me quite a while. I had a, I had some resistance about going on to medication, like many people do, um, and it took me quite a while to find the medication that worked for me. Um, but eventually, I sort of let go of the stigma around it, and I gave it a chance, and it allowed my brain to sort of open up to the possibilities of how to recover from this right i think had i not gone on the medication i just would have had this big block of right. you know that a, a giant speed bump that i could never have gotten over so um fast forward several years i would try and like um my my activity level like went to basically nothing once i when i had young kids um, I did it once my kids were a little bit older, try and get them out, you know, bundled them all up and get them out to the Y into childcare. And I do like a step aerobics class or whatever. Right. But it was really hit and miss, um, really inconsistent. Um, and then about, I guess it must be about eight years ago now or so my bestie Carolyn, uh, came to me and said, I'm going through a midlife crisis. She's like a couple years older than me. She's like, I'm going through a midlife crisis. I'm wondering if you want to come along. And I'm like, all right. Um, what does this entail? Like tattoos, trip across the country? Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Right. And she says to me, I want to do a bodybuilding show. And I'm like, super cool. It's something that I have been interested in since I was in high school. Like I took um, um, one of my options in high school was fine arts. And I did a lot of pencil drawings. I'd go out and buy like the bodybuilding magazine right. and I'd take the pictures in the bodybuilding magazine and I would do pencil drawings of all of these like bodybuilders. No and way. I had, yeah, I had, a, I can't believe my, this is one of those things that I'm like, really mom and dad, you let me do this. I did a pencil drawing, this big pencil drawing um, of a bodybuilder and it said a hard man is good to find. And I put it up on my bedroom wall. Oh my God. <laughs> in high school. That's hilarious. So like the aesthetic of um, body composition has always been an interest of mine, right? So when Carolyn asked me to do this, I was like, let's jump in, right? Um, so yeah, she did her first show before I did mine. I think she ended up doing about like four or five shows. I did three, including the nationals that um, we stepped on stage at the same uh, competition together. Um, and you were, were my coach for two of those, those last two shows. Um, and it was definitely, you know, looking back, um, I'm really glad I did it. I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm really glad I did it. It was, has definitely been part of my evolution of, um, nutrition and sort of a makeover of my own nutrition and lifestyle, but also part of the evolution of, um, getting into nutrition coaching and supporting others, right? So it was a, it's a really important part of my story and I wouldn't change that I, that I went through it. For me, I needed that extreme to go from, like I was binging before, I needed to go to this other extreme of big restriction in order to come back to the happy medium where I'm at right now, right? right. So it was a really important part of, um, of where I'm at today, where I've come to today. I in think some of the of, best coaches, if you don't mind me saying, Karen, yeah. I think some of the best coaches out there, it's the, the experiences we've gone through For that sure. makes us so valuable in the industry because while I, I, I don't like to see just, you know, oh, I've been on stage and I'm going to coach people. I do, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, when you look back and see this, like the struggles, like it makes me actually quite sad when I think about what I put my body through yeah. through that competition era, cause I did, you know, back-to-back -back shows for four years. 
straight. Um, it makes me sad, but had I not gone through that, I don't think I'd be the coach I am today either. Yeah, exactly. And even the things like, like the postpartum depression and being a mom to young people, the binging and, you know, recognizing that I was an, emo I, I am an emotional eater, right? Like if I let it get the better of me, I'm an emotional eater. And I know that about myself. And so those are all things that I can, um, as I'm working with clients, when they say to me, oh, I'm just exhausted. It's been such a busy week with my kids. I can be like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I can really relate to where they're coming from and even supporting them through, there's a lot of people, especially over the last couple of years who have um, some pretty serious anxiety and depression and to, su to support them through that and not only give them tools that I can give them, but to help reduce the stigma around it and say to them, like, it would probably be very valuable for you to get some therapy, right? And don't feel bad about that. It'll only give you another tool in your toolkit. So all of these experiences that we've gone through, like you say, they make us the coaches that we are today for sure. Yeah. So you went from bodybuilding to, you did the same swing I did. Only, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember how it all lined up for you, but I remember Brooke going into it first. I, I kind of I was the trainer on the floor who was just like, CrossFit, what the fuck is this shit? Like, it's yeah. so bad for you. And it's not. But you know what I mean? Like, that was my, yeah. my mindset behind it. So I know I went into CrossFit probably the latter part of 2015. When did you dip into that community? I started at the beginning of 2015. And I did a little bit of after my shows, <clears throat> I did some like, you know, community gym, powerlifting stuff there. And at the time, my son was going to a rock climbing gym um, on the end, the west end of Edmonton. And the owner of the climbing gym, they also had the other half of the gym was a CrossFit gym. And every time I walked in the door to drop my, my son off, he'd be like, Karen, you got to try this CrossFit thing. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. And then another girlfriend of mine was going to a different CrossFit gym. And she asked me to come for like a trial class with her. And I went to the first class and I was like, okay, this is right? the thing that I'm looking for, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started out with that, the same, the climbing gym, climbing slash CrossFit gym on the West End. I started out there at the beginning of 2015, like January, 2015, did my first open starting at the end of February and like um, into March of 2015. And then um, a couple of years, a couple of years later, a couple of the coaches from that gym opened their own CrossFit gym and asked me to come along to be a coach with them. Um, definitely getting into CrossFit was life-changing for me. Um, I, I enjoyed, I, and continue to enjoy the variety around that style of training. You know, there's, it keeps me interested. Um, there's lots of really great um, people you can get programming off of. And yeah. so I don't have to, you know, before it was like, go to my community gym and Monday was leg day and Tuesday was back day and Wednesday was shoulder day. And, you know, and it got really repetitive and boring for me. And I, and I also was not doing the things that I needed that I didn't enjoy like running. Right. Right. Well, and I think too, like if I could share a little bit too, like for me, um, I did that. I kind of, it's weird. It's like, we were like living each other's lives. I did the same thing. Like I did a little bit of like my own powerlifting blocks right after competing. Well, not right after, but for a bit, I hurt my back. And then I thought I could like heal myself, but yeah. I knew I was done bodybuilding. Like I really just didn't want to be in the gym anymore. Like I know there's competitors and this is a, you know, you and I will come back on here on, in our coach's corner and we'll talk about the, um, the aftermath of bodybuilding and stuff like that, what we go through. But I know I was, I was definitely tired of it, but when I went into CrossFit, I felt like there was just a sense of community that I've never felt before because it is way different. There's community in bodybuilding, but the community in CrossFit was way different. And I needed that. I know that because I had been bodybuilding for so many years that I felt like that it's just, it really is blinders on balls to the wall, get shit done for yourself first and be in a community of like, oh, I can share how the diet's going and all the training you got to do, but community with CrossFit's way different, right? It's like yeah. that cheering on that whole, like, that it's a love affair, really, when I think about it. So I know for me, it was the perfect timing too. And what I like about it now, because I haven't been into the box for it, you know, the pandemic changed things, but I, I realized what I was missing too from the bodybuilding world, right? Like my staples, my strength, just wanting to be strong. I'd love the, the lifting and, and CrossFit, but 
I also was starting to realize, and this is not the case for everyone, that some of the shit that was happening with my own body in terms of like um, stress and not injury, but just limitations, range of motions and stuff like that were starting to rear up a little bit more with the amount of volume training that I was doing. And I didn't do a ton. I would, I would never call myself anywhere near, I was a recreational CrossFitter. That's it. Like barely, mm-hmm. but I could do high volume butterflies and, you know, lots of like thrusters and stuff like that, even though I fucking hated them, but I, I had endurance. Like I could do the burpees. I had that, Yeah. but the pandemic really showed what I was missing. And that was kind of like that just structure and being strong. So I have been able to apply a lot of the, you know, functional stuff of CrossFit into my current hypertrophy training. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to do different things now, right? Whereas CrossFit, I would have before I would have never, like, I would have been scared the hell, like, 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 oh my God, what's a clean or I see like, and I think the snatch is the most technical thing out there and the most beautiful lift ever. I've got a crush on a couple girls at my former crop, my, my former box that can just lift like no other. And one of them happens to be a client of mine, but to do that now, if I had done that or tried to do that without the fundamentals of the, of the classes, I would, I fuck, I probably would have hurt myself. Right. So I just love that aspect. So I feel like I've been, I was very lucky to go through that. And as a trainer who had that negative mindset around CrossFit, I I'm here to say like, it's all in what you do. Yeah. It's, it really is. You got to find shit that you love. So that's what, that's what I got from just like those transitions, because I still love the idea of building my body, but I don't have to be a bodybuilder to do that. I, I yeah. love the functional training of CrossFit, but I don't need to be a CrossFitter to do that. So yeah. again, I actually realized that I, um, I've put on more muscle doing CrossFit than I did in those few years when I was just focusing on bodybuilding hyper hypertrophy stuff. Right. Um, and yes, the community is like no other, um, this particular gym that I was, I was, I ended up being a co-owner of it too, after some time. Um, and we actually de-affiliated from CrossFit a few years ago. We felt like what we were doing within our four walls wasn't true CrossFit. I mean, we did, um, CrossFit style workouts, but we also focused a lot on, um, mobility and, you know, injury prevention and strengthening small muscle groups and stabilizer muscles and um, more of a longevity focus. Um, So I was really lucky to be a part of that. And I switched from like at the beginning, I was, I was quite a competitor. I went into all sorts of different competitions. And the thing that changed for me during the pandemic, um, at least at the beginning was I went from focusing on CrossFit style stuff as like from a competitor's mindset to I need to move my body and I need to be able to stay healthy and have some muscle mass that will sustain me as I age. Right. I stopped recording all my times and all my benchmarks and all my lifts. And it doesn't matter to me, you know, some days are better than the others and that's okay. Um, you know, I'm starting to get some arthritis that's getting in the way of some of my stuff, but okay, no big deal. I'll modify around it. Right. Whereas that kind of stuff would have stressed me out before. Yeah. The other thing about the community was over the past few years, I've gone through a few things in my life that um, I, that space, the people in that space um, were, I felt heard and loved and respected and um, supported in that space. Like I felt nowhere else in my life. Like it was a super important um, piece of transitions that I've gone through um, in my life over the last few years. Uh, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. And the only reason I'm not at that space anymore is because we had to close because of COVID. Otherwise I would still be there every day. Right. I was the only day I didn't go was Sundays, unless we had to bring a friend day on a Sunday. But other than that, I was at that gym every single day. Um, the people in there was, were amazing. And I think that really good take home here though, Karen, you know, and we'll dive into what, you know, you as a coach, but you know, I just wanted to touch on this. So people understand this, like when you hear what Karen's saying, like that's passion, right? Like it's, it's finding something you truly do love. And that is why it's so easy for her to stick to it, regardless if she's in that gym or not, Yeah, you know, like, cause I know you train at another gym and it's the same thing with me. Like 
people often ask, like, how is it that you just show up for your workouts? Like, how, like, do you, are you ever not motivated? Quote unquote. Right. And I'm just like, it, that's, it, it's a feeling that comes and goes, but it's bridging that gap. I, I, I know I'm capable of doing it. I also love what I'm doing and it doesn't have to be benchmark, you know, this and PRs here and all this, it can just yeah. be yeah. right. You just show up because you love it. Not because yeah. you're told you have to hit a certain number or you have to be there to lose body fat or whatever that is. So I love what you were saying there, because it just made me think about that. Like, these are the keys. And this is the stuff that you can apply in your nutrition and lifestyle, yeah. no matter how you look at it. Right. Yeah. So, and the, the focus of like, again, I used to be like, this is the way it has to be at the gym. I have to, I have to, you know, have to hit this PR. I have to PR this benchmark workout or whatever. And now there are days I have like a little mini whiteboard and I write up my workout on my little mini whiteboard the night before I go to the gym yeah. and I pack up all my, you know, my um, water bottle and I lay out the clothes that I'm going to take the night before I have this like whole routine. Um, I have my workout scheduled in my calendar. And if I have to have something else happening at the same time, I move it to a different spot in my calendar, but there are days that I get to the gym and I look at my whiteboard and I'm like, no, I'm not feeling this workout today. And I erase it. And I go back to like the, this programming that I follow has a few different kind of tracks on it. And I'll pick a track that's a little less intense for the day if I'm not feeling it, but I don't, I don't just like totally bail. Right. Um, I'll find something else to do, or I'll reduce the amount of time I'm there. Like I typically train for at least an hour. Sometimes it's up to an hour and a half, five days a week. Um, I take Thursdays and Sundays off. Um, but then there are days that I'll get in there and I'll be like, yeah, my energy isn't there. So I'm going to get something in. And sometimes it's 45 minutes and then I'm gone. Right. And that's okay. You don't have to be a hundred fricking percent every single day. Right. Yeah. So you evolved from, you know, cause I know you have your, your CrossFit level two. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you've evolved and you're also a nutrition coach. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like I know, um, for, for myself, like why I, I chose you and wanted you as part of the team, but let's, let's dive into, you know, um, I guess like who you typically coach now, um, what your expertise is, like what you enjoy coaching. And then from that standpoint, like even like around your style of coaching, because this is the, this is the difference between your cookie cutter co coach that just shows up and says, Hey, I coach nutrition versus what you and I do. So right. let's talk. I think this is okay. So, um, right around the time that I started CrossFit, I realized that the nutrition piece was also super important to me. So I did my precision nutrition level, level one. Um, and I remember talking to you, I contacted you not long after that to say, Hey, should I do my level two? And you're like, yeah, like level two precision nutrition is all like about, um, life coaching. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to get into life coaching. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm good where I am. And then as time went on, I'm like, okay, this is actually a lot about life coaching. <laughs> right. So, so I did at that time, then I did, um, courses through nutritional coaching Institute. I did their level one, their level two. I did a mindset course. I did a hormones course. Um, and then I also did with you, I think it's like a year and a half ago now, or a year yeah. ago. I can't remember. We did the health mindset coaching certification, which was really huge. And then I did a functional nutrition and metabolism course with Sam Miller. Um, Casey Joe's um, mindset course was fantastic. It really supported stuff that I kind of already in my gut knew, but it gave me more tools to use yeah. around that. Right. And more of the science background of, around it. So that when I'm communicating that stuff with my clients, it doesn't come across as stuff I'm pulling out of thin air or like, the woo -woo stuff, shit. like the woo -woo <laughs> shit. Yeah, exactly. So those are the kinds of courses that I've done over time. Um, when I was at Movement Lab, uh, a majority of my clients came from the lab and a majority of them were looking for performance. They had performance-based goals. I would say a majority of them were also males. Um, I've worked with a lot of females. I've worked with females who are looking for um, fat loss and they don't have really performance goals. I've worked with people who have um, just are looking for, you know, to be healthy in their lifestyle or, or change some biofeedback markers like, um, you know, blood pressure and 
um, symptoms of gout and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I have a really wide range. I don't focus just solely on women. I'll work with men and women. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me. Um, and it's gone from being more of a focus on, um, I've evolved from being a focus on performance to, um, focusing on things like fat loss, longevity, healthy lifestyle mindset, um, that kind of thing. I think the other thing that I've evolved from was early on, I was, um, I got really caught up in the, just put in the fricking work attitude. Like here's your macros, follow your macros no excuses, get, get freaking after it, get yeah. shit done. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now I've, um, evolved. I mean, the whole part of the reason that I got into coaching was because I had this aha moment for myself where I realized like, I'm an emotional eater. I realized why I was doing what I was doing. I dug a little deeper than just about the food. Right. And so I was like, okay, this is like the trick, like, People need to dig deeper. They need to dig beyond the food. And then I got caught up in this mindset of just get the work done, nose to the grindstone, blinders on, right? Yeah. Um, but I've evolved back into the focusing on the mindset side of things and helping people dig a little deeper and ask the yeah, but questions or the why questions, right? Right, because that's the work. Like we as coaches have to put the work in to understand the client more. But the thing is, is that if we don't put that work in, the client they, they don't acknowledge or they don't see what's going on, right? Like that's why yep. you hire a coach to help you take those blinders off to like allow yourself to just be sometimes that you don't have to get shit down all the time. Like you don't have to be doing everything. So I love that. That's why, you know, it's one of the reasons why the podcast is called More Than Macros because it, it really is, no matter how you look at your lifestyle, it's yeah. more than... Hey, coach Karen, can you give me a macro split? Because I'm trying to lose body fat. It's more than that because you're going to be like, okay, but where are you right now? Where have you been? What's yeah. holding you back? What's yeah. your relationship with food, your body, like all of these things, because guess what? It doesn't matter what that macro split is. If you fucking have a shitty relationship with food. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your macros are. If, if you don't even understand what it is, right? Like, yeah. people, I think there's just, I got to follow this, right? It's like the yeah. meal plan. So I love that. So you've evolved from that. So I guess the other thing that I would jump in and say is that, um, I don't typically give out meal plans. I don't love meal plans yeah, because I find that they are not sustainable. They aren't flexible enough. People get to like, I think they can be comforting to people in the sense that, okay, now I know what I'm supposed to eat and when I'm supposed to eat it. The thing is though, that life happens, right? You go on vacation, you go to somebody's birthday party, you, some friends invite you out for dinner and then, oh, but that's not on my meal plan holy shit, what do I do? Right. That's not to say that I won't do meal plans. Um, I know you and I were just talking recently about a client who might benefit from meal plans for a short period of time to sort of get her rolling. Right. Yeah. But it's not something that I typically do for um, a long period of time. That being said, I don't always start with macros either. Right. right. Like there are some people that are suited to get started with macros right away and other people that you have to sort of take some time and um, work on some other things before you build up to looking at macros. So um, I guess my message there is that um, if you come to work with me, you very likely will not get a meal plan, but it also doesn't mean that you have to do macros, at least not off the top. I do see a lot of value in macros because I, it helps people understand portions in our society portions are like completely skewed and people don't actually know how much of the things are, you know, how much they're eating, right? Because you go out to restaurants and whatnot, portions are totally skewed. Our, the sizes of our plates have grown over the years and all of that. So macros help sort of narrow things down and help people learn, oh, that's what hundred grams of chicken looks like, or that's what 80 grams of broccoli looks, or, you know, whatever. Oh, and also not to say that you're only going to be eating chicken and broccoli. <laughs> right. Well, I think what's important to recognize too, is like, because again, like, you know, you and I could talk about this forever, but like macros is just a tool, right? It's a, it's a yeah. measure of metrics. And while most people are like, they, they think that all we have to do is eat healthy. They think that just, I can eat all the avocados in the world and I can eat all the nuts and seeds. But what they don't understand is that even if your goal may be when you talk to somebody isn't specific fat loss, 
eventually your brain goes there because let me tell you, I've had a ton of people that have come to me and said, I just want to be healthier, but the bottom line is, is they want fat loss, right? Mm -hmm. And so when they don't see those numbers moving, it's because the calories matter. And that's how, that's what macros help you understand is that you cannot, you can't beat that. Like that is just a matter of science and it just is the reality. And as much as the person that might come to you might say, well, I don't want to track calories and do all that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But here's what the value is. And we don't have to start there, but I don't know what you care, but 90% of the people that come to me that say, you know, like they want to do all this stuff. And then of those people, they're like, well, I'm going to journal. It yeah. only takes about that week where they're like, so how do I, like, what's a macro again? And yeah. I think like, should I download my, you know, my fitness file? Like they do want, they're kind of curious because they see that maybe journaling, like write shit out. Number one is still work. Number yeah. two, it's like, I'm more aware, but I still don't understand what are proteins again. Right. You know? So like, that's the best thing about the whole macro thing is like, just, it helps you really start to identify like Karen had mentioned, like it's not just to help you dial in numbers and get, you know, reach your body composition goals. It helps you learn more about the food you're actually eating. For sure. And there are so many people like the, one of the latest things is intuitive eating. Right. And so people are like, I just want to eat intuitively. I don't want to have to follow macros. I don't want to have to count calories, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is that again, going back to the way our society is right now, it's really tough to eat intuitively right now because most people have no clue what actual reasonable portions are. So macros helps you sort of you know, narrow that focus for a bit so that you can then get to a point of intuitive eating. For me, it's taken like, it's been within the last year that I've been really loosely tracking macros. So I probably went for gosh, like five or six years of pretty tightly tracking macros. I wouldn't track macros when I went on vacation. There would be days where I'd like go out for dinner or brunch or whatever that I just like, it's a day, you know, Um, but I would pretty tightly track macros around that, especially when I was in CrossFit and looking for performance, um, goals, I was pretty tight around my macros, but within the last year, I'm eating way more intuitively. My body composition is pretty much the same. My weight has stayed very stable. I'm still able to do stuff in the gym, not at the same performance level that I could before, but I'm still able to do the stuff in the gym that I want to do. Um, I'm still able to carry on with other things and, and activities in life that I, that I want to take part in. Um, but it's taken me that long to be able to eat intuitively, quote unquote. Right. But let's be, let's okay. So like, let's go into this question of like, and this has also led you here because it's not yeah. like the macros that Karen started following were magic. She did the work. So when you look back out of all the things that you've gone through, what is your biggest take home? um, or takeaways from your experiences, like what's led you to where you are type of scenario, you know, because I know, like you mentioned postpartum, you met, you mentioned binge eating, all that kind of stuff. Like where's that, how's that evolved? So I would say that I have takeaways from a personal perspective, but I also have professional takeaways, like, um, the changes that I made in my nutrition and my exercise and my lifestyle and my mindset have all had major impacts on things like my anxiety, my depression, um, my thyroid symptoms, my thyroid has been way more stable. And, and if it goes out of whack, I know it right away, right? right? Become very more aware, um, self-aware of my body and the changes and so on. I'm 53 years old. I'm in perimenopause without a doubt. Right. And I've been able to manage those symptoms much better. Looking back, I had like, um, I've had perimenopause probably since I was like 35 night sweats and that kind of a thing. But once I started digging into my nutrition and my exercise and my mindset and my lifestyle and so on, those symptoms have become way more manageable. Um, again, looking back, I thought at one time I had irritable bowel. I actually think it was more due to, uh, related to anxiety and the stuff I was eating. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because that was me. Like, yeah. do you remember being the person? Because this is how we, this is how I'm, I'm just going to say this, but after my competitions, because I ignored a lot of symptoms, 
Yeah. I just diagnosed myself with everything that was wrong with me, but it had yeah. so much to do with my stressors, my sleep, my yeah. actual nutrition. Right. And so like, yeah, I thought I had IBS. I thought I had like lactose intolerant, like so yeah. many things were wrong with me, but no. totally. <laughs> and I have discovered, I do feel better on a lower gluten diet. I don't go exclusively gluten-free. Um, but I do sort of watch the amount of gluten I get. I do feel better the less gluten I have. I know I'm not celiac by any stretch, but I have, I would say a bit of a sensitivity, but again, that's been something that I've learned through like trial and error. Right. Yeah. Um, even looking at my, my sleep is better. My stress levels are better. Um, things like my confidence and my self-worth are way better than they used to be just because of the changes and the focus that I've had on nutrition and exercise and mindset and lifestyle and so on. So those are my personal takeaways, my professional takeaways. Um, I, again, I remember when I first started, I, like I said before, I got into it because I realized there was like this dig deeper, dig past the food to sort of understand why you do what you do and why you eat what you eat and when you eat and all of that kind of stuff. And then I got sucked into this, like do the freaking work, put on the blinders, here are your macros, follow this, be perfect. Don't, you know, have any excuses, just hustle, all of that kind of stuff. Um, instead of listening to my gut, which was, it's not just about the food. It's not just about the macros, be flexible, be open-minded. Yes. There are lots of different ways. So like I've had, I've had clients come to me and say, I want to do carb cycling. I want to do keto. I want to do paleo. Right. And I'll be like, okay, like, let's talk about it. Right. At the beginning, I was like, nope, nope, I'm not doing any of that shit. Right. Yeah. And now I'll be like, okay, let's have a conversation about it. Like, why do you want to do this? What do you hope to achieve by doing this? This is what it's going to take. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that short term? Are you okay with that long term? We can have some discussions about it. So the takeaways of being flexible, open minded, um, getting back to um, not just being like blinders on only macros, just focusing on foods, but focusing on mindset and building habits um, in order to create that long-term success would be my professional takeaway. And those are huge because you, these are, these are all things that are applicable to almost every individual that comes to our uh, coaching platform. Right. And yeah. so when you yourself have gone it, so I, I mean, I can relate hundred percent. Like I would say in, it's almost like a carbon cop, a copy of what you've gone through and in, in both, you know, experiences. And I think that's what makes us so valuable in this space of coaching, because like, you'll often hear like, you know, unless you're a registered dietitian, you shouldn't be, you know, like talking nutrition, right. Because we don't have like years and years, but I'll tell you this right now. Um, and nothing against a registered dietitian, but in most cases, they're not, they're not coaching. They're helping you with disease or those things. They're not there to help you change your mindset around your food or, you know, unless you are a specific registered dietitian, you know, that's, that's, you know, like their special specialization has been eating or whatever, but again, they're there to help you learn how to eat more. They're not the psychologist or anything like that that's involved. Right. Whereas, we're bringing some of that in. So like the health and mindset certification, and we've got some functional nutrition and we've got, you know, like precision nutrition, like actual nutrition basics. Like that's what we need. We don't need to be running around with a PhD in order to help you guys get, you know, get, you know, 1% better every day, because what, you know, especially from, you know, from my standpoint and yours, because I, I see it in, in your style of coaching is that we just want to help you figure out what's holding you back. Yeah. Right and help you reach your goal, but also teach you and educate you along the way. So like when Karen says, someone comes to her and says, well, I want to do keto. That's cool. But let's talk about that because what does keto do? What is the benefits? What are, you know, and all these things, but also like asking the client, do you understand what it means to go keto? Or are you doing this from an external motivator of like your best friend did this? Mm -hmm. That's the shit, right? Right. So that all being said, I just, I love those, those uh, takeaways. So fast and I think I'll also just add to that. Sure. Um, again, I've had like, yes, we bring in the nutrition basics. We bring in sort of the psychology and the mindset at the same time, we know when we're not in our lane anymore. Right. 100%, yeah. Like I've had clients come to, to work with me and I've worked on the nutrition basics and the mindset and the psychology stuff, but I've gotten to a point where I'll be like, okay, 
I need to refer you to a psychologist, right? Yeah. I need, there's some stuff here that you need to dig into that is beyond my scope. So it's not as though we think about ourselves as the be all end all, right? We are willing to and, and do refer out um, when we need to, for sure. A hundred percent, because there's a, there's a certain point. Cause I mean, I've had people reach out even with that have, you know, they haven't been diagnosed yet because they just maybe feel there's too much shame, yeah. but like they are full-blown binge eating and yeah. this needs to be diagnosed, but at least I've got the, you know, like for myself, I have the baseline course in order to get that, you know, red flag, you know, like, let's talk about it and give that, you know, recommendation of like, I think you really need to talk to a specialist in this area mm -hmm. of disordered eating to be then, you know, diagnosed with an eating disorder. There's yeah. that. And then of course, for sure, like when, when, when Karen said like, you know, PM2 is, is kind of like that, that life coaching is like client centered shit. Right. But yeah. it really is like, I, sometimes I do feel like a therapist. I, yeah. I feel like I'm a life coach, but it's because your nutrition, like where you are right now, like your metabolic identity, like I'll steal that from Sam is, is basically you're, you're built uh, about, you know, from all the choices and all the things that you've done throughout your life. And those choices have all been impacted, or at least, you know, have been influenced by something going on in your life, whether it's, you know, like, a, you know, grief or trauma of some sort, but celebration or, you know, like anything, right. A competition, like all of these things drive our choices. And as coaches, it's very valuable to understand what, what that leads to. Right. And so like, right. that's where we're at, but we also know like, yeah, for sure. Karen, like what you said, we'll, we know when to just be like, Nope, this is way out of my scope. We need yeah. help but we can work with those experts. Exactly. Those professionals. Yeah. It's not as though we end our coaching experience with that person. We can work with the therapist to provide 100%. you know, support. Yeah. I think it's one of the best partnerships you can have is having those, you know, and we do, um, uh, do we do, we do that for our clients. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the clients. What do you see to be your biggest struggle right now with clients? Like what are they facing? So I think I've touched on this a little bit and we were just sort of, um, it's a, sort of a good segue of what we were talking about that um, I think that people think that the magic in changing their body composition, whether that's muscle gain or fat loss or whatever is solely about what they eat and how much they eat, right? When the magic is actually digger deep, digging deeper than that. And um, that can be a really tough thing once, you know, I start working with clients to sort of ease them into that. Okay. We're going to have to go deeper than just what your food log on my fitness pal says. Right. Um, but again, understanding your why behind it. Um, why do you eat what you eat? Um, why do you like, why do you eat when you eat? What are the circumstances under which you eat? Do you, are you having FOMO? You know, is this based on, um, like you said, the experience your life experiences as this based on um, beliefs that have been passed down to you from your family and sort of thinking about what are your values right if you can create a set of values for your life not just the food that's on your plate but for your life then it's really it makes it easier to fall back on saying okay well this isn't in alignment with my the values of who I want to become right these are my current values and looking at them and picking, okay, I like this one, this one, and this one, but eh, this one, eh, not so much. I want to change this one. And that's what's going to enable to you, enables you to take a step forward to make the changes that you want to make again, whether that's fat loss or, um, you know, increasing muscle mass or, you know, just being living in a generally healthier, you know, sort of a lifestyle. But the other thing too, which can be really difficult is looking at what things in their life are holding them back, like what circumstances, but also who might be holding them back. Right. right? Those are hard. Um, those it's, it's a, it's a harder, you know, again, I think people think oh, I'll start working with a nutrition coach. They're going to, you know, look at my food logs and say, oh yeah, stop eating this and start eating that and eat more of this and increase your protein. And yeah, you need more calories or you need less calories. And that'll be all it's about, but it's not all that it's about. Like you have to cool. dig deeper. You do. And Karen, how often do you hear this? Cause I get this a lot. Like, well, my husband makes this and my husband chooses, he brings home, yeah. like that's your environment. Right. Or my bestie calls me, we go for wine or she comes over and, 
you know, or my friends are, you know, how do you say no? Or even just navigating like a Christmas dinner or anything like that, like your environment plays a huge role in those mm-hmm. people. You know, we come, we become like the, the, you know, the five people we hang around with most. Yeah. So they say, right. But if you're influenced by people who choose for themselves, then that's, that's part of the problem. And you have to be, you know, you have to be aware of that. And so like, that's part of the, you know, the whole, like overcoming these struggles is like, it's not just, well, here's a meal plan or here's your macros. It's, you know what, like maybe you need to have a conversation with your husband and, you know, talk about your goals and where you're at and how you're feeling, like what your relationship is, like how you perceive all that. Like, that's so important. Right. And that's the, you know, quote unquote, woo woo stuff, the stuff that requires a lot more work than just purchasing your, you know, I don't know, your fucking macros or whatever it is. Right. Like it's so much more than that. I really like that. Um, Digging deep into the beliefs and values. I love that part that you mentioned. So would you say like, it's just kind of like taking a zoom out of like identifying yourself. So like, who are you and who you want to become? Yeah. So yeah. is that a place to start? Yeah. So like, um, I, I will sometimes even get my clients to say, okay, these are, these are my current values these are the things that I'm currently operating off of today. This is where I want to go. So what of these values are not in alignment of the person I want to be, right? Um, even think, looking at our language around things like, um, in order to become that person I want to be, I need to go to the gym every day. Okay, well, what about changing that to, I want to go to the gym every day, yeah, or instead yeah. of, I have to go to the gym every day. I want to go to the gym every day, or I get to go to the gym every day. Right. It's a value for me. Um, it's a non-negotiable, you know, like over the course of the pandemic, even now, um, one of my kids lives with me and, um, I think her tolerance level, um, we have different tolerance levels around the whole pandemic and the rules and the restrictions and that kind of thing. And I actually think I haven't, I haven't talked to her about it because it's a non-negotiable for me. I think she would prefer that I didn't actually go to the gym five days a week. I think she would prefer that I did some home workouts. Right. But the thing is that that's a value for me. And I know for me, I, that's part of keeping me physically and mentally healthy. Right. So these are my values. I also don't drink alcohol. That's just one of my values. I'm not saying that everybody should give up alcohol, but for me, it doesn't serve a purpose for me. Right. Right. And if you think about it, Karen, so when you kind of like giving those examples, would you not say then that's why you are successful because your goals and how you like your intentions and your actions, behaviors, they align with your values, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't hang out with like, I hang out the, you know, the people that I hang out with are people that go to the gym on a regular basis are people that don't get out and go out and get shit faced every weekend, you know, are people who, when we travel, it's not weird for me to bring along a bunch of my food. Right. And yeah, they get me. And when I travel with them, we do active things like it's, you know, those are the, those are values for me. And so I set those, you know, I can always go back to, even if I'm in a situation where I feel like something's not just kind of sitting right, I can back up and go, oh, right. Like this is not in alignment with this value. That's why, why it feels weird for me right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, when we look at things like, uh, you know, um, who we want to become, I think one of the things that has like for like, I like to say like, yeah, who, who you want to become, but it's also in, in my mind, it is my true identity. So I identify as somebody who is an exerciser or someone who, you know, values my nutrition. So like, that's my identity. Then it makes it easier to navigate that versus someone who's like, well, I really like to drink. Like I have to have my drinks with my girlfriend. Then you know what? That's going to happen because that seems to be up on the higher you know, to, uh, higher up in the totem pole than it would be, you know, someone who is saying, well, I really value my nutrition. So I love what you're saying, because that's what kind of lines you up with being success and mm-hmm. overcoming some of these obstacles that you would, you know, as a client might assume that I just need macros from Karen or, you know, coach. Yeah. That's not really what it's about. Right. Yeah. Although we will one day. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're getting close to the time here, but I still want to talk. I have a couple of things because it's important. So 
what is your biggest pet peeve in this industry? <laughs> like, I know there's going to be more than one. But yeah, how to narrow it down. Mind. So, okay, like your tagline is figure your shit out. I think mine would be keep it super simple or like back to basics. Like I do not get all of the complex fad diets out there. Like it doesn't need to be so complicated. Like we can just stick with the basics and get to where we want to go. That's the sustainable stuff, right? The, the other complicated things just make things so unsustainable drives me crazy. Like let's just stick to the basics. But I think the thing that's getting me right now is the whole thing around diet culture. And I've been accused by people that I, that the work I do promotes diet culture without them actually knowing the details of the work that I do. Right. They'll say, well, you know, you're, you're, you talk about fat loss on your Instagram, therefore you're promoting diet culture with, which is so far from the truth. Like there are coaches out there who will help their clients lose weight at all costs in all sorts of unhealthy ways. Right. Yes. That is part of diet culture and diet culture. Isn't just about promoting fat loss. There are a whole bunch of things. I actually have a post in my Instagram. If people want to go there about like, what is diet culture? Let's define this. It's not just about promoting fat loss. But the reality is, is there are people out there who want to lose fat for a variety of reasons. It could be because they have high blood pressure. It could be because they've developed type two diabetes. It could be like me where they just love to see a certain aesthetic about their body. And you can do that from a healthy spot. You don't have to do it from a spot of, I hate myself. Right. And so I see my job as supporting my clients in the things that they want to achieve, but making sure that they're not doing it from a space of, I hate myself, that they're doing it from a space of, I want to be, you know, physically healthier. I've my doctor told me that I have some liver enzymes that are out of whack, or um, I'm, I'm pre-diabetic, or, you know, I have high blood pressure or, you know, high cholesterol or stuff like that. Or I want to be able to see what my body's capable of in the gym. Like I want to be able to lift hefty, heavy weights and go fast and, you know, do all of these things. What kinds of stuff can I do to support that stuff? Not because I hate myself or because I don't like the way I look or whatever. I'm doing it because I love myself and I want to see what I'm capable of. Right. The assumption out there that because you want to lose or change your body composition is that you hate yourself. And I, and I, I just like that very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's okay to love your body and have body, body positivity, but would you not, would you not agree that, well, let me see if I can explain this. So on one hand, you got somebody who says you have to love your body the way it looks. So this is a person who might be 20 pounds overweight, you know, or feel like, yeah, they're just not, they're not lean individuals, which there's nothing wrong with. Okay. Right. But then on the other hand, you have someone who's like aspiring to be leaner. Why is it okay for that person to, you know, why do you have to accept that? But it's so wrong to want to be different and leaner. Yeah. Yet that like, do you see that? Like, it's, it's hard to, for me to explain, but I just don't see why it's so wrong in so many people's minds because, you know, I think because they are so stuck in what diet culture has done that they don't realize that there are better methods and sustainable yeah. approaches to this, that there are benefits to losing body fat for some people. And I'm sorry for some people that does mean if I lose 20 pounds, I will be a happier human. Yeah. It's not yeah. to say that seeing my six pack is going to make me ha- happier. It's the transition. So it's the, yeah. from point A to point B. So maybe they're no longer binging. That yeah. is why they're a leaner individual. They're not using food as a coping mechanism. That is part of learn becoming a leaner individual a leaner individual for most of my clients yeah they've been trying all the shit the fad diets and stuff like that they've never realized that oh my god i use food as a coping mechanism how do i stop that yeah and by default they become leaner and they feel more confident and they're happier and that is okay i don't think that they need to accept themselves as they are and be okay with the fact that they're in their pantry binging yeah Exactly. That's not okay either, right? No. And it could be even something as simple as like this person is whatever, 20 pounds overweight. They travel a lot and they feel like they're, you know, squeezing themselves into a tiny airplane seat, right? They lose the weight and it makes the 
whole vacation different for them. They have a happier vacation because of it. Like what is wrong with that? <laughs> there's nothing right? wrong with it. And that's why I'm just like, I feel like there's such a, there's such a, I don't know, it, it can be really, really like we're in the middle and we kind of agree, but then we're so polar opposites that that's what's I think making it so hard because I've had clients come to me and say, I'd like to diet, but everybody I know around me who diets says I shouldn't be dieting that it's so bad for me, yeah. but yet I don't feel comfortable in my skin. I would really like to make some changes. I don't accept who I am right now. They feel wrong in wanting to lose body fat. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, you can, if you want, no one's stopping you. Yeah. Let's do it the right way. Like, let's help you, you know, be okay with your relationship with food. Like, let's not restrict carbohydrates because that's what you've done before. Right. Let's try a different method. And so it's not okay for us to shame people who are overweight but it's okay for us to shame people who want to lose body fat. I know it does. Like that's so contradictory. Yeah, I know. I hate that. That would be a pet peeve. And I'm glad you brought that up because like, I'm not anti-diet. This, no. this platform is not at all just to be clear. Like I will. And so will Karen help you achieve your body composition goals the best way we know how and yeah. the safest way. Right. Yeah. But in this, on the other side of things, you don't want to lose body fat but you want to learn how to eat better and just feel better, move your body better or whatever. We also support that. You mm -hmm. can be healthy at whatever size you are, mm -hmm. depending on your version of health and what that looks like for you. Because again, it does come back to the individual. Yeah. It's not society. And I hate, and I just, I just, it's hard because I see these messages too, from these, you know, love your body. And, you know, I'm just like, yeah, do that. Yeah. Uh, but it's at the same time, I'm like, you can also love your body and be smaller and be healthy and not be like so restrictive. Like, it's just, right. I wish they'd give us a chance some days, Karen, because that's totally. what it is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add to that pet peeve? No. I'm okay. Good. So I have one more question for you. Yes. What is the one thing you could leave with your listeners today? And this is the best part about it to move themselves just 1% ahead. Like we're not talking like moving fucking mountains. We're talking yeah. like 1% better tomorrow. Well, I say, a, don't worry about move the fucking mountain. Just like, <laughs> like take a step towards the mountain, right? Like you don't yeah. have to do everything all at once. Right. Okay. But also understand that if you want to see change, something's got to change right? And that may not be limited to the food that you eat. It might extend to the people that you surround yourself with. It might extend to the podcasts you listen to, the way you speak to yourself in your head, um, the type and amount of exercise you do. Like you might be actually doing too much exercise yeah. and you might need to rein it in a little bit in order to see the change that you're looking for, right? You might be burning yourself out. Um, it might be changing the reasons and excuses that you default to when you you're trying to get something done. Like there are a whole bunch of things that might need to change other than just what you're eating and how much you're eating and when you're eating. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think that just to kind of, you know, um, overlap what Karen is saying is like when you zoom out and you see everything in your life and it feels so fucking hard to even like, that's overwhelming in itself. Like, I don't know about you, Karen, but I've heard clients were like, there was, you know, their feedback and I'm like, holy shit, man, I'm, I can't even, I don't even know yeah. where to start. Like I need to, yeah. I need to write some notes and yeah. I need to help because it's not, even though they're like, I just wish I could, you know, hit my nutrition or I need to get more water. And I can see that it's not the water. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like the 1% without being so obvious and telling them what to do would be like, let's zoom out. Like, yeah. where do you feel like, really, where are you struggling the most? Yeah. Like, is it your job? Like, is your, like, are you like to the point where every day you hate going to work? Yeah. And when you hate going to work, it results in how you feel in the afternoon. And now like, not only you're, you're not eating all day and you're miserable, but now you're like, you're, you're like freaking, I don't know. You've just polished off the bag of chips and you didn't even realize it. Like, is that part of like, what's going on there? Yeah. Is that the one thing we need to change is like that stressor. Do we need to identify those and move slowly towards eliminating or replacing, you know, like it doesn't always have to be like you said, you know, moving all the shit. 
Yes. These are small little boulders that we can move towards that mountain. Yes. We don't have to do it all. Yeah. And it could be, like you say, it could be a job stressors. It could be that, you know, you have forced postpartum depression and you haven't been diagnosed with it. So let's get you to the doctor. Let's see what, you know, the doctor can help you with. Let's get you in to see a therapist, you know, like, let's look at some of these other things that might be around what you're putting on your plate. Right. But you got to change. And that yeah. is the, I think that's the biggest thing that I would agree with you. 100% is like, you can't continuously continue. You can't continuously do what you're doing because yeah. it's just going to result in the same thing yeah. over and over again. Right. And yeah. so creating that awareness, like taking that zoom mode is where we can start to identify that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, it's just, it's just one thing, right. It doesn't yeah. have to be a whole bunch. And my, my thing that I would add there, if there's one thing that could help you improve is like, while you're making this choice, have the fucking patience to go with it. Because as much as you really want to see this like fat loss and you just, you keep focusing on that, the yeah. harder it's going to be if you don't like take that step back and start, you know, working on the steps. Yes, exactly. Have patience, take the time, trust the process. Yeah. All right, girl, this has been fun. I'm it has super, been. Super, like, I am so happy to have you on board as my assistant coach and I'm excited. So, you know, I'll tell you, you can obviously leave, um, you know, all the information where you're, where people can find you, but I just want to say, you know, so let everybody know that Karen is an amazing coach. I have all the faith in the world. I, I, I don't like I don't need to oversee anything. Like she is great at what she does. And I want to thank you for that because, you know, it's hard to find, you know, like I remember when I was on this journey of what do I do to, you know, scale my business and to help more people. Cause that's what it was about. Right. Yeah. And I was really scared to take this step because I just assumed that it had to be another me. Right. Yeah. And of course there's only one coach B let's be honest. Right. <laughs> Right. But at the end of the day, I, I wanted to find someone that I really could have confidence in. Like, yes. I, like I was telling my daughters the other day, like when we talk about ourselves and like, do you really believe I, when I talk to people, I'm like, I say like, I'm confident as fuck. Like, yeah, I know I can help you. Yeah. You just have to believe in my ability, but you also have to believe in your own, but I believe in myself that much. So I don't question it. And that's how I feel about you, Karen. Oh, thank you. You know, like, I feel like any client that comes to motivate me fit is going to be, they're going to be in great hands with Karen. I know that she will be able to help you achieve your goals. And the thing is, is that here's the bonus. Not only do you have Karen's eyes on there, but yeah. if she's ever struggling, she would be asking me and vice versa. There are, uh -huh. There's shit that Karen does in performance that I have never dealt with. Yeah. So this is great. And this is why I'm so excited for our team moving forward. So last thing, where can we find you? Well, first of all, I want to say that I'm super thrilled to be a part of the team too. And I was, um, it was really sort of serendipitous. So when I reached out to you after the gym closed and I was like, Hey, you know, do you know anybody who's looking for nutrition coaches? And you were like, Oh my gosh, I was going to reach out to you, but I didn't know if it was too soon, you know, all of that. So it worked out like the timing was perfect. And I love that. Um, we are in alignment with the way that we think and our style of coaching and, um, you know, our values around coaching, but I also love the autonomy that I have. So like, like I, I just post my, I just post my shit on Instagram. Like I don't go, okay, this is my post. I'm posting this today. Are you okay with this Brandy? Cause I just know we have, we think alike, right? We have this, we're in alignment. So, um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm loving creating the blog posts and stuff like that. So um, you can find me through the motivate and Be, motivate and be fit website. Um, there's some, like I say, there's some blog posts up there. Um, I try and get something up once every three to four weeks ish. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at Karen underscore motivate and be fit. Um, and then also my personal Facebook page, anything that I post on, um, my Instagram goes over to my personal Facebook page, which is Karen McTavish Condor and it's M-C-T-A-V-I-S-H for McTavish and Condor with a K. Awesome. Um, so you can find me in all of those places and, uh, yeah, I still have some, a few coaching spots open. So I'd love to bring some more people on board and, um, share all of the knowledge and experience that I have. It's a passion for sure. Right. <laughs> We'll make sure that stuff is all in the show notes. Well, I just want to thank you 
uh, one more time. I appreciate your time. So in the future, you know, Karen, this isn't the only time Karen will be on here. I anticipate like, I'd like to do like a coach's corner with, you know, yeah. yourself and then other coaches in the business where there's this alignment, but also a little bit of diversity. Like, I think it's important to not only talk about what we do, but I think that there's, there's an alliance here with a lot of coaches, um, that we went, that we met through HMCC, but also just in general. And I want to be able to interview those coaches and have their thoughts and just have a real conversation about the health and wellness industry, but also the myths and all that kind of shit, like anything that evolves around mind, body fitness mm -hmm. and, um, real life shit, right? Like the stuff yeah. that matters. And, um, cause we both, you know, as, as moms, we understand, but you know, like at the end of the day, like that doesn't mean that, um, like we've gone through it, but at the end of the day, I, it doesn't, that doesn't qualify us to be the experts, but I do think that we can definitely share some, some strategies and some stories and stuff like that. And, and, uh, I know other coaches can do that as well. So I'm super yeah. excited for the future of this podcast and, and having you as part of that team. So thank yeah, you. Likewise. Thank you. All right. That's it. See Have you guys on the day. next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. And don't forget to tag me at Motivate and Be Fit and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. And please don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows the podcast to grow while helping more people figure their shit out. Chat to you next week.